Welcome to Will and Amla Live. Will Witt here, joined with Taylor. Today is a very special day. Today is MLK Day, so I have joined with my fellow countrymen in standing for solidarity with African Americans in this country with this festive, very real holiday, Kwanzaa celebration. Uh, as you guys can see, I really care about Kwanzaa, and I'm really here to, to show my support. Taylor, how, how are you doing? I'm uh, just very overtaken with your celebration and moved by, you know, this, this momentous occasion. That is not virtue signaling at all. It's very, you know, just hearkening back and honoring the legacy of MLK. No, I really believe it, right? I really believe it, just like all of my other people on the left. We all really believe these things. Guys, it is MLK Day, which actually is an important day in American history that we are coming on and we are saying... We want to live by the ideals that Martin Luther King preached about, about character, that it's not about the way that you look, that it's not about your sexual identity. It doesn't matter that you can come together with someone who looks different than you and still be able, because of the ideas that you represent, are able to come together. That's a truly incredible thing, especially for the time when not many people were saying that. And, and to see the left totally dismantle that message today is a true tragedy. So we are happy here at PragerU to uh, accept that Martin Luther King Day is a, a good thing, you know, despite some of the other stuff about MLK. We don't have to get into all that. I, I understand people in the comments are going to say things about him being a socialist or whatever, okay? But one of the important things to note about MLK is that with his assassination, the FBI came and said, oh, no, like they didn't have any answers, okay? The FBI, the MLK, MLK's family, still never believed what the FBI said about them. And that leads us into our first story today. Our first story today is about the guy in uh, Texas this weekend who was holding people hostage in a Jewish synagogue on a Jewish holy day. And everyone in the mainstream media, people in the FBI, they came out and they didn't say the true motive of what happened. They lied to you. Okay, Taylor, I don't know if you want to pull up the story from the Daily Wire. We can show that on there. The FBI, when this first happened, said there was no motive that they knew about for the attack, right? Even though this guy has come out 20 years ago, I mean, he's saying he's raving about 9-11, he was mentally ill, and he takes these Jewish people hostage. They say, oh, it's, it's, there's no motive. There's no motive when it comes to any of this. It's just some guy. Right. The New York Times. I think we have this on Twitter as well, Taylor, if you want to pull this up. The New York Times didn't even put the, the this whole charade on their front page. This whole thing that happened. This is a massive deal. And no one put it on. They didn't put it on their front page to talk about. The mainstream media won't come on and talk about this. And you're seeing blue left check, blue left. Blue left-wing journalists, blue checkmark journalists on Twitter coming out and talking about like, oh my goodness, I'm so scared for the Islamophobia that's about to happen because of this, this thing that happened. And it's like this guy 20 years ago was caught. Somehow he made it into the United States. He was caught in the UK raving about 9-11. And people want to start talking about Islamophobia. You are missing the entire point. But the left lies to you. They know that if they can lie to you, then they can manipulate you. What has this pandemic done? What has this entire, these last two years, what have they done to convince people? They have convinced the elites and the left that in this country, they can lie to people and enforce edicts on people and they will blindly follow them regardless. And it doesn't matter what they are. You can tell them to, to wear the mask or do the social distancing or any of these other things that don't really make any sense, but they can tell you to do these things and they can lie to you. So the elites have found out that normal people are willing to believe lies if they are told by enough outlets and by the government. People will bend over backwards to do the things that these people tell them to do. They have also understood that it is a lot easier to get people to do things than they once thought. 
Okay? The left, all of these people, they lie to you. And this isn't just the left. This is, these are Republicans as well who do the same thing. I mean, they're basically indistinguishable from this point, the people who are in, in Congress claiming to represent us. But they have lied about everything. And what have these lies gotten us in America? What have they gotten us around the world? These lies have made it so that people are completely confused that the division in this country is worse than ever. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I posted a latest Rasmussen poll. And this poll said that I think it was close to 48% of people on the left are fine with putting people in camps if they are unvaccinated. Okay? A Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah newspaper just came out this weekend where they came and said, we could pull this up, Taylor, we'll show this one right here where they came and said that the unva- that the National Guard needs to come in and force the unvaccinated to stay home. That you need to force, th- that the National Guard is going to come in and force people to stay home. And people are okay with this. This is published in a mainstream publication. Let's look at Los Angeles today. Los Angeles is having almost a 5,000, that, you get that number again, 5,000% increase in cases since Los Angeles implemented vaccine passports, a 3,500% increase since they had the mask mandates indoors in Los Angeles. You're going to come and tell me seriously that these things work well, but they continue to lie to people. And these lies have permeated into every single ounce of society. And so now you have people writing articles like this, telling people that we need to get the military to force people to stay home. Maybe if Utah wants to get cases up 5,000%, then maybe this is a good idea. But if they want to see people actually be healthy and safe, then they would never implement something like this. But this is what the lies get you. They have lied about every single thing that has happened over the last two years. They lied about two weeks to slow the spread. They lied about the lockdowns. They lied about the masks working. They lied about the social distancing. All of these things. They lied about the the payments being temporary. They lied about the, the efficacy of all of these things. They lied about... Any of these other medications working, they have come and lied about everything. And what was the worst part about this with the lies about the pandemic? They lied and said that you would have your rights and that you would have your freedoms back as soon as this is over, right? As soon as this is over, you would have all your rights back. You'd have your freedoms. You'd be able to go back about your business. After two, two weeks, it's going to be over and you're going to be able to return to life as you knew it. Well, we all know now that that is a complete lie. And they are using this pandemic to further their agenda and continue to push things forward that normally, if this was before the pandemic, no one would have gone for. But because of the pandemic, they will, they're will they totally fine with pushing these things forward. I urge all of you guys to, to read Glenn Beck's new book, The Great Reset. It's, it's, it's very good. And it's a, it's a fairly easy read as well. I just finished it last night. It's, it's very good. What else do they lie about? When you go to the economy, the people they claim to lie about or they lied about cutting spending, they said they weren't going to spend any more and they were going to be more fiscally responsible. I mean, the national debt has doubled since Obama took office. I mean, that is just insane. They added three trillion dollars under the Trump administration. You're looking to add another six billion dollars, six billion dollars by 2030 to the deficit. I mean, just insane. They lied about inflation being transitory and we are seeing some of the worst numbers when it comes to inflation. They lied about caring about the debt. Like I said before, the people on the right and the people on the left are basically indistinguishable when it comes to to what they want to do with with monetary policy in this country. They don't care at all. Both of them are totally fine with just printing money and spending. Look at the race stuff. They lied about the Black Lives Matter riots. You had people calling them fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. Love that. They, the Black Lives Matter won the Nobel Peace Prize, even though they were rioting and destroying cities. 
The left lied about that. They lied about what happened with George Floyd. They lied about the police being racist and being horrible murderers. I went on a ride along in South Central L.A. and saw that the police who were in these communities were the backbone of these communities, keeping them safe and not just keeping them safe, but being community organizers and helping children succeed, helping people get back on their feet and making sure that crime wasn't happening. They were there before the crime. They weren't just reacting to someone getting shot. They were there before the crime to deter crime from happening. But they lied about the police. They lied about Kyle Rittenhouse and that whole situation. Kyle Rittenhouse goes and defends himself with the Second Amendment and shoots guys of multi-ethnicities, different nationalities, and they call him a white supremacist. This Muslim guy the other day takes these Jewish people hostage and they say, oh, there's no motive. Does that make any sort of it's sense? like the rogue SUV that Daryl Brooks didn't drive into a crowd of people. It just kind of drove itself. The same lies. Exactly. They lied about that too. They lied about the Waukesha thing. And the guy running through said, oh, it was just an accident. If, if they told the truth, they lied about Nick Sandman. They said that he was a white supremacist. And all of these students, when they were there in D.C., and they said that he was a white supremacist. That one came around to bite them in the butt when CNN, you know, Gawa was coming for him. And Nick Sandman made a pretty good chunk of money, which is good that there was some justice. But these people still lied about it. They thought that they could get away with it because they don't think that people are actually going to fight back. They lied about global warming. They said, oh, the Earth's getting so hot, we only have this amount of time left. They lied about that. They lied about nuclear energy. They still lie about nuclear energy. They lie about nuclear energy every day, telling you that it's terrible for the environment, there's going to be a Chernobyl disaster that kills everyone, and all this kind of stuff, where nuclear energy is the best form of energy that we could be using, that we have the capabilities to use, and they lie about it. They lied about wind and solar. They lied about the environmental impacts that come. They lied about natural gas. They, I remember, you remember this back in the day when they, when they said that, that we were going to run out of oil? I've heard, I've heard that one. I mean, it's up there with the ozone hole and all that. I mean, all the lies. Yeah. Yeah. They lie. They said that we're going to run out of oil. There's no, we're not running out of oil. They said that being energy independent, or they said that getting our oil from overseas instead of being energy independent with the Keystone pipeline was a good thing. They lied about the polar bears. There are more polar bears now than there were when they made the prediction that they were going to be extinct. They lied about Mount Kilimanjaro not having any snow on it by this point, which what, Mount Kilimanjaro last year had the most snow on it out of any year. This past 2021 was one of the lowest years of uh, hurricanes since they started tracking them in 1980. Bjorn Lomborg posted yeah, about that, that and in severity as, as well, that they're right. less severe than they, they have been. So yet right. another one. Yeah, even more severe, despite all of the infrastructure that we have, it's still less severe than they have been in years prior. They lied about that. The, the climate catastrophe is just a way to, to push in the Great Reset. That is what it is, because it gives you a sort of moral imperative to say, hey, this is the, the thing that is destroying all of humanity. How can we realign society to, to push this? I mean, this is why you had the Green New Deal. Okay, the Green New Deal was the same thing. These massive government sweeping programs that talked about giving gender stuff to people in Pakistan, gender training to people in Pakistan, which somehow has to do with saving the planet. It has nothing to do with saving the planet. They lied about sanctuary cities. Okay. They lied about illegal immigration and that helping us. They lied about the, the whipping of migrants at the border. You guys remember this? There was one picture that came out of this guy who's on a horse, this ICE agent, and apparently his reins are whipping migrants on the border. Maxine Waters came out and said, this is slavery. All these blue left, blue left, blue checkmark leftist, <laughs> I can't say that today, blue checkmark leftist journalists on Twitter come out and say, this is horrible. This is the worst thing ever. Then it makes its way to the press secretary. Then it makes its way to the administration of this country. And now they are launching an investigation 
attention on the ICE agents who are just trying to do their job to keep America a sovereign nation. So even if you live by the truth and you try and do things the right way, they tell you that you're a liar and they tell you that you're horrible and they can lie about it and they can get away with it. Everything that comes with illegal immigration when it comes to unemployment, when it comes to the value of labor, when it comes to to how it actually affects the black community in this country, affects their wages. They lied about all of it, how it hurts the middle class, the crime, M- M- MI6, uh, or not MI6, that's James Bond, <laughs> M16, M16, the gang. I just, I just rewatched all the James Bond movies, so that's what's well, on my mind. M16, the sanctuary cities, they lied about all that. They lied about Venezuela and that that was going to be a good thing. All the, the leftist Hollywood celebrities and people in government, when Venezuela was first starting out, they said, oh, like Sean Penn, for example, said this is a great thing, their, their new socialist paradise. They lied about communism. They lied about the ideas of Marx. They've lied about socialism throughout the world, Denmark and Sweden. They lied about the Great Reset. But most importantly, this is, this is the most important part that I want you guys to remember, that above all those little things that they've lied about, things when it comes to politics, to culture, closing your church down and saying that you have to because of the, the, the severity of this virus, all of these different things that they have lied about, the number one thing that they have lied about is they've lied about you. Viewer, they have told you that you are a racist, that you are an anti-vaxxer, that you are a domestic terrorist, that you are a threat to democracy, a sexist, a homophobe, a terrible person for standing up for your rights. They have lied to you, and they have lied about you everywhere you go. I just read a piece in, I believe it was Politico today, that said the the people who, I don't know if we have this pulled up, but potentially we could find it, but that the people who are the most likely to share fake news are low-consciousness conservatives. That's what they say. Low-conscientious conservatives are the ones most likely to share fake news. These people hate you. These people hate you. Okay, and they they lie about you constantly because they don't have any real arguments to say about you. They lie about me constantly. They lie about Dennis Prager. They lie about Prager. You there are horrible things said about all of us on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram and my messages, death threats every single day because they have to lie. Because they know that their ideas and the things that they think about us, when their ideas are their pu- actually push comes to shove, none of them hold a candle to the truth that we represent. But it's easy to live by lies. It's easy to not have to stand up for truth. This is why they live this way. This is why they say these lies about us. No more. When, when these people lie about us, it, 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 you have to use it as fuel to, to do more. You have to use it as the fuel that's going to make it so that you have the ammunition to fight against these people. Not saying, oh, they're going to lie about me and say these horrible things, so now I have to change the way I act because of that. They're going to call me a low-conscious conservative because I share something that is against their narrative. that gets fact-checked on Facebook. You have to say, no, I'm going to share these things even harder. I'm going to do even more because of the lies that they tell about you. When they are telling lies about you and saying horrible things about you, it means that you are doing something right. These people don't tell the truth. These people don't tell the truth. And, and it's up to us to continue to push the truth so that we can fight against it. So well, many lies out there. All so many. to I li- Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Joe Rogan. If you guys don't, look at this. The Joe Rogan thing. This is a horrible lie. 270 doctors, apparently, 270 medical professionals, apparently signed this letter, sent it to Spotify, saying that we need to cancel Joe Rogan because it's misinformation. Only 50 of those doctors were actually... Uh, like medical doctors. Some of them were science podcasters. Most of them were just working at universities and weren't actual doctors. I mean, this is getting like getting a list of 270 Bill Nye's and saying that this is... <laughs> yeah, the they're evidence. like university students and podcasters. Yeah. I know. It's like, 
And yet that was the number one. Twitter put that on their head, plastered it everywhere, too. as like the top headline across the board, wall-to-wall coverage on media. 270 doctors and scientists call out Joe Rogan for misinformation. Right. And I, I instantly thought of the Great Barrington Declaration, which has, it's up to 916,000 signatures now uh, of infectious disease epidemiologists and public health scientists who uh, are against lockdowns and against their these are the very people that that are i don't know they're going against what the uh, 270 are saying right and america's frontline doctors and the 16,000 who just signed a, a thing against child vaccination i mean there's there's plenty of doctors real doctors cardiologists epidemiologists people with actual degrees in 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 medicine yeah saying no you shouldn't do this dr peter mccullough dr robert malone i mean great people and then that that's not good enough information for them it yeah. has to be from science podcasters that's where we get our and the asymmetry from. of nine hundred sixteen thousand versus 270 it's like it doesn't matter to these people because mm-hmm. like you're saying it's the whole theme of the show the, it's lies and it's about whether they're saying the thing that i agree with then i don't care if it's one person or 10 people or just you know two that happen to be leading the nih and, and the cdc or whomever it may be um we'll plaster those lies everywhere and then minimize and kick out all the voices who are saying anything else regardless of their legitimacy regardless of whether they're well-respected scientists, et cetera. Uh, that doesn't matter. They're not saying the right thing. Right. You can have one person say, this is terrible. We can't have this out there. And because one person complained, this is like you guys work at any companies or you're at a university and you have one kid or one person in your company come and complain about, you know, there's no tampons in the male bathroom. And now everyone has to comply with this one person very loudly coming and saying. So that actually happened this week, by the way, didn't it? I Did it? it? Yeah, I know. I'm, I, Definitely saw that on Twitter. This past week. <laughs> it's prophetic. Yeah. I know that that's what happened at UC Berkeley because UC Berkeley, they didn't have any tampons in the male bathrooms. And somehow that's a great injustice against all the men's with, men with vaginas that they need to have tampons right. in their male bathroom. And so then they came and, and, and put them in there because like just a few, one or a few people come in and, and want to make a huge scene. It might be yeah. for nosebleeds. For nosebleeds. Mm. You just use toilet paper. Right? I don't know. Apparently they work really well. <clears throat> I've never used a tampon in my nose for nosebleeds. And I actually get bad nosebleeds. I when it gets dry, like yeah, when you I should go try back, it. <laughs> you might have to test it out. Maybe, Maybe someone should, should invent nose tampons. Yeah. If someone has some tampons. Patent uh, that. Yeah. Patent that nose tampons. I'll yeah. work on it. Anyway, <laughs> that's uh don't steal that idea, okay? It's, it's patented. All right, let's move on to the, the next story, Taylor. Go to the um let me pull it up. See, when Amla is not here and we don't have someone to pull up the stories and Taylor has to pull up the Three the guys together can't do what Amla does. No, no, it's we sad. can't. No. So Amla will be back on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, she'll be back on Wednesday. She's on the Candace Owens show today. They're recording it today. I don't know when it airs. It comes out tomorrow, right? Yeah. Doesn't come out on Tuesdays? Yeah. Yeah. So Amla is going to be on the Candace Owens show. So you guys are going to be able to catch her there, which is really exciting. Uh, she's been on a couple times and she's always been fantastic when she goes on. So the star of the show. So I hope way you guys, better than you did when you were on much better than I did and much better looking too. I look <laughs> oh, terrible. Naturally. So yeah, I hope you guys watch her on Candace Owens show. I don't know what she's talking about. Did she send you what she's talking about? No, she's no? going rogue. Going rogue. No, that makes sense. I, I have no idea. Okay, let's go to Djokovic. Can we pull up the Djokovic, the ESPN one. Good old Djokovic. Good old Djokovic. Djokovic was welcome back to Serbia as a hero. Because the second Australian court, the federal court in Australia, said, no, you know, despite despite your vaccination, uh, noncompliance, working out in our country, it's not enough because you are a public health risk. 
you're uh, uh, you might give people the wrong idea about what's happening in Australia, so we can't let you in. Okay, Australia has a 95% vaccinated population. Okay, 95% vaccinated population, and they have the most cases ever that they've ever had. 95%. This is what happens when you don't have a country with herd immunity and natural immunity or any sort of, you know, taking the virus in and then getting used to it. This is what happens. It is the largest spike in history of the pandemic out of any country with 95% vaccinated in Australia. And you're saying that Novak Djokovic, who tested negative, who was unvaccinated, can't come into your country. He recovered from COVID like two weeks ago. Right. So, yeah, and he's not currently infected. Right. So you have a healthy, uninfected person going into a country, an island nation that is having the biggest spike in the world of the pandemic and of the of the virus, and he's the cause of all your problems. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah, the amount of people who got infected with COVID yesterday, I think yesterday or two days ago in Australia, is the same as if 1.5 million people got infected with COVID in one day. That is that is per capita. That is what it would be. I mean, it's absolute absolute insanity, and it. And you don't want to let Djokovic into your country because of this. It makes no sense. And so he was welcomed back to Serbia as a hero. He was greeted by fans and all sorts of people congratulating him. He's standing up for himself. But now they're saying that he might not be able to participate in the French Open as well because France, if you guys know, has all sorts of Vax passes and you have to get all your boosters to be able to go into places. I'm going to Europe in two weeks. And I could, I, I wanted, I, all I wanted to do is go and see Paris. And now I, I can't go to Paris. There's no way I can go because I don't have... Vax pass or anything like that. I can't go. So I'm not going to be able to see the city of lights. I really wanted to see it. You know, all the rats on the street and everything <laughs> like that in Paris that I hear. You've been to Paris. Yeah. 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 It's it's a great place. It's kind of sad that you're not allowed to go. I mean, I did see on social media this weekend, there's like a lot of uh, protests and stuff going on there um, against the new mandates that are being run. I think on Sunday, they just voted to pass. Um, yeah. France's vaccine passed. France's vaccine pass law approved by parliament on Sunday will require people to have a certificate of vaccination to enter public places such as sports venues, restaurants. And that's why they're saying since that was just passed, Djokovic won't be able to go play Mm -hmm. at Roland Garros at the French Open um, because he's unvaccinated. Right. We'll see. There might be ways around it. People can find ways around it as, you know, we all got to find ways around it. for sure. Yeah. I'm supposed to go to a friend's wedding in France um, this in May and, I don't know if I'll be able to go because, yeah, I'm, I yeah. don't have the Vax Pass. Right. No, it's extremely difficult to get out there without it. A spell de vaccine. You don't, you don't need it. There's ways to do it. But it's incredibly sad that one of the greatest athletes in the world is unable to play the sport, that he is arguably the best in the world, top three, one of the best in the world, that he is not allowed to go and play. I mean, if I were Nadal and Federer, who are the other top competitors, and I was a true warrior of the sport, I would be upset about That's this. That's true. If I if you were a real competitive person and said like that the person who's the number one of the number one players in the world couldn't play, you'd be like, oh, I want this person to be able to come to this country to play against me so right. I can prove how good I am. You don't want someone to say, oh, I can't play and they don't come in. So then it's like you win by default. No, you want to win based on your own merit. Like Nadal and Federer should be standing up and saying the right thing, but they should they should be doing it just out of moral principle anyway. But no one's coming to, to his defense. No one at ESPN, no one at any of the mainstream sports networks, anything like that. No one in the Australian government, no one in the French government that I'm hearing already so far. But if, if Zamor gets in in France, I mean, that'll be, they'll definitely change it. Zamor is just the absolute best. <laughs> 
But it, other than that, I mean, I'm not hearing yeah, anyone Nick, supporting him. Nick Kyrgios, or he's like an Australian player. I think he said something about it. And and Clay Bogut, who used to play for the Warriors, he's Australian. He's mm-hmm. been outspoken about it, saying how how dumb their own country's rules are, yeah. which it is. My criticism from all this from since the beginning, even with the NFL, and they have all these incredibly strict protocols, um, but the conversation is never about how dumb the rules are. It's always about the player. Oh, they broke a rule. Well, the rule shouldn't exist in the first place. And um, I was hearing an arguments from from some Australian uh, people I know, and that, that was basically what they're saying. It was like, well, at the end of the day, he, he violated the law, he violated our policies or whatever. And it's like, okay, but your policies are dumb. And it took a player of this caliber to highlight how stupid your policies are and the world should be laughing at you. But the like back to what you opened the show with, uh, the lies and the narrative that must uh, that must dominate the airwaves, regardless, the, our media here is not saying, oh, look how crazy Australia is. They're saying, look how crazy Djokovic is. I know. But when, when tyrannical rules are put on you, that is when you defy the rules. You can't comply. My name on Twitter has been Will Do Not Comply oh, With. Andrew Bogut, not Clay Bogut. My Andrew bad. Bogut. And then Clay Travis. Yeah, get them all confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Yeah. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> I'm be honest. Clay, no, Clay, Clay Travis is a conservative sports commentator. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. No, Clay Travis but, is. Yeah, I know Clay Travis. But in terms of the Golden State Warriors, yeah, Clay true. Thompson. Oh. Do we have the video of the other guy from the Golden State Warriors? Do we have that pulled up? Um, no, but I can find it. In okay. Taylor, Taylor's going to find it, this video of the owner of the Golden State Warriors in an interview talking about the Uyghur Muslims. And he comes out, and what does he say? He says, nobody cares about the Uyghur Muslims in China. Actually, we're going to pull up this video, and I want to I show it to you so that people can actually see it out of his own mouth. So you're not just like, oh, you're taken out of context or whatever. No, we'll, we will play you the video so you can see exactly what he said, because this is a big deal. Nobody cares about- a big deal. Okay, here we go. We got okay, let's show this. Nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You you bring it up because you really what? care, and I think what that's do you mean nice that you cares? care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you a very care? hard... Wait, I'm you're telling saying you very, personally don't care? I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth, okay? Of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. Okay? Oh, of all the things that I care about, it is below my line. Disappointing. Nobody cares about the Jews in the concentration camps, okay? You're making that up. Nobody cares about this. That's like what this sounds like. There's a million Uyghur Muslims who are a million people in these concentration camps in China who are being treated this way. China has killed 100 million of its own people. They have aborted 400 million children because of their one-child policy. China is, is comparable to a Nazi Germany in the atrocities that they are committing. And for him to come on and be so brazen about it and say, no, we don't care. I don't care. It's not above my line. Just goes to show you the level of delusion that these people have. They care about money. They care about power. And they will put their money above human lives. And now it's like this used to be a hidden thing. You wouldn't hear them actually come out and say, oh, yeah, we, we you know, we care. We stand with them. But, you know, we're still going to send our money overseas. They would lie about it. It was better when they at least lied to you about it and said they cared. Now he just comes out straight up and says, no, I don't care about these people dying. I don't care about the organ harvesting or the slave labor or the, the re-education camps. None of this means anything Forced to sterilization. me. Forced sterilization. Forced sterilization. All of it. None of that matters to them. And so I'm glad that it's like a wake. I hope that this is a wake up call for people, that these people who are in the NBA or, or at any of these organizations, MSNBC, uh, NBCCP, essentially is what all these organizations is what it is. Oh, did you just make that up? That was good. No, I didn't make oh, it up. Okay. No, no. I Sorry. wish I made it up. Yeah. I should have said yes, but I, I'm not I'm not someone to take credit. Um, Natalie Winter said that um, is great. NBCCP. 
That's essentially what it is. Owned. Forbes is owned by the Chinese Communist Party as well. All these different organizations. You know, but the fact that they come on and say, you know, we don't care. CDCCP. CDCCP. <laughs> Joy Behar C C P. Not C P. S C. Okay, whatever. You get you get the point. That that's a truly evil thing. Yes. It show it goes beyond. It goes beyond just ignoring something and saying this isn't our problem. It, it goes into evil territory because you have something that is in front of you. People ask me for my testimony when it comes to, you know, why I got baptized and why I chose to, to, to choose Jesus in my life. And it's because I read the Bible, I read the four Gospels, and I said, okay, I now have a choice. I, there are no more excuses for me. I have read this information. I have taken it in. And so because that information is in front of me, I either have to believe it that Jesus really died for my sins, or I have to ignore it, ignore the truth, ignore what I just read, right? So because once you have the information presented to you, you have to make a choice. You either are lying or you are telling the truth. And that's why I got saved, because I said Jesus really did die for my sins. And so that's why I got baptized, because I accepted the truth of that, because I had gone and, and read the Bible, right? And I accepted it. So now this guy... I, I can't pronounce his name. His name's it's very hard, hard to Chimath. pronounce. Chamath something um, from the Warriors. I mean, he knows the truth. There, there are no more excuses for him just being unaware or, or ignoring it or whatever. He knows the truth. You can tell he knows the truth. And he is rightfully, or not rightfully, but he is choosing on his own accord to ignore it for his own personal gain. That is selfish. That is evil. And they are supporting genocide. That's what these people are doing. And they'll continue to take money from them and not care at all. And uh, well, at least we have people like Ennis Cantor, who is coming with, with LeBron James and China shoes at the games. But for the most part, you don't have, again, just like we said, the Djokovic stuff, you don't have anyone who's standing up for it. These are all grassroots, like populist types of things, because no one in the actual elitist of these types of places are saying anything about it. But the, the, the defiance against these types of things is so strong. If you go on Twitter and you see something about Ennis Cantor or something about Djokovic, I mean, they're getting tens of thousands of likes on Twitter. I mean, millions of impressions. So many people are agreeing with what I'm saying here on, on the, the screen. Mm -hmm. But the people who are in charge don't care at all, mm -hmm. you know? So even though it's like we have a ton of people who all really agree with this, the people in charge just don't seem to care at all. And that's a, a real travesty. It's the same effect as the, the, did you see that graph that was um, trending around social media this week of like Joe Rogan's viewership per episode of his podcast versus mm -hmm. like MSNBC or CNN's? It's like his viewership or Nielsen ratings are like 11, 12, 13 million or something like that. And they have like 800,000. Right. It's, uh, and it's like the people know the truth. Like you're saying, these guys, this uh, Djokovic, or J the Djokovic story and Ennis Cancer, they get all these tens of thousands of retweets and stuff because people can see through the lies. But the the gatekeepers, the people who think they can control what you see and control your search results and control what the what you see on cable news and on the news websites, they want you to believe a certain story. But people know the truth and they can see through it and they just got to put it in front of them. People are very out of touch with reality. That is true. Mass, people mass are, psychosis. Mass psychosis. Don't but, ban us YouTube for saying yeah, that was the word. Seriously, mass formation psychosis, <laughs> Dr. Desmond. But it how these people at the top can be so out of touch with what the people who are there representing or trying to please actually want is mind-boggling to me. Is that not crazy? Like, how can there be so many people who are against the things that are happening? Austria is having mandatory vaccinations by Thursday. They're voting on it in, in the Austrian parliament on Thursday. They will be voting if they're going to have mandatory vaccinations. If you don't get vaccinated, you will be fined and could potentially face jail time in Austria. 
And you have so many people in that country who are against this, yet the people above continue to put it in. I mean, they were they were having marches this weekend in Austria with thousands and thousands of people. There were marches in Amsterdam. There were marches in France. There were marches all over the continent. There are marches in America. I'm going to a march this weekend in Washington, D.C. where there's supposed to be 60,000 people speaking there in D.C. to feed the mandates D.C. You guys can check that out. And it's like, even though you have so many people in these movements, you still have the elites at the top who are just saying, we don't care what any of these people think and just do it. These people are selfish. These people don't care about you. If they cared about you, they would listen to you and they would take your advice and they would understand and they would listen to real experts, not these fake experts that are hired, but real experts who know these things front, back and forth. But they don't do that. They don't ever do that because it's all about them. It's all selfishness. That, I want to talk a little bit about more that more when we get into our Dear Will and Amla segment. But let's pull up the license plate thing, Taylor. This is funny. All right, give me a sec. Not as fast as Amla at all this. No, you're not. It's okay. You're playing Circle the Cat on there or something. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, there we go. Okay. So in Georgia, there was a list of license plates that have been banned. Okay? Oh, wait. What? No, go ahead. I got to pull up the actual story. Oh, what did you have? <laughs> I was pulling up the picture that Reed sent us. Oh, the actual. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, that's not a got great it. way. Okay, so in Georgia, there were license plates that were banned that people were not allowed to have. I mean, obviously, you can't have obscenities or anything like that. But one of the license plates that was not allowed in Georgia was the word PragerU. People cannot have PragerU on their license plate. Georgia won't allow it. You support this organization. You support what we're doing here at PragerU. You try and put it on your license plate, and they say, no, you're not allowed to do that. That's, is that unfair? Totally fair. <laughs> totally fair. Look, pull up my the one. state, my choice. My state, my choice. Pull up the one, uh, the, the one from California. With, we got sent this one. So this is uh, Dennis Prager's car. Well, uh, no, it's not. Not Dennis Prager's car. But it's a Prager car. It's someone that we know. It's someone that we know. Who has this. Yes, who has this car. super based. Right, super based, right? It's an amazing thing. That people in California are at least showing their support. And I see lots of people when I'm walking around and seeing stuff and and people will, you know, they will have PragerU shirts on or like I was just, I took a walk today and I had a guy come and he was was just walking his baby across the street and and he's like, oh, Will Witt, you know? And he had a PragerU hat on. I mean, it's amazing. You see people who are representing PragerU. Yeah, I'm, I'll wear my shirt and like go in the grocery store and I'll have people walk by me whisper be like, you know, love what you guys do. Yeah. Like <laughs> just like super under their breath. What, do you like know you? No, I mean, I don't know, maybe. Or he just loves Prager you. Yeah, probably more likely than. I mean, I've had people recognize me before. I'm kind of, you know, people know me well. No, you're pretty famous. My did, Twitter with four likes on my yeah. tweets. You know, when we were yeah, at that yeah, restaurant, that guy walking by, remember? He recognized you too. Yeah. He's like, I've seen you before. They're like, oh, Will, I'm a lad. I know you too. <laughs> Travis. <laughs> Travis. So Tylenol. happy to see you. Where's Hot Scott? Yeah, In Scott the wasn't there. Scott, know, Scott wasn't there. Show yourself, Scott. He's here too. The boys are holding it down today. Yeah, yeah. Again, Amla will be back Wednesday. Um, we have some good shows planned for you for the rest of the week with some good interviews. Um, I'm really excited about it. All right, let's go to Dear Will and Amla. Let's pull it up. If, if you're in Georgia, I'll say this. If you are in Georgia or really anywhere in the United States and you can have a PragerU license plate, go get it. Okay, go to the, the license plate guy. I don't know who does the license plate. The DMV. The DMV. Go to the DMV license plate guy and tell him that you want PragerU as your license plate. That's what we have to do. 
inundate them with like, PragerU license plate requests. Yeah, exactly. If we get, if you get a PragerU license plate, send it to us. Send it to, to PragerU on Instagram or Twitter or, or me or Amala, any of us. Send it to us and we'd love to see it. Yeah, Craig was saying that Alan wants to do a gathering of like a great council of everyone with PragerU license plate from around the country and drive all their cars together and have a party or something. <laughs> a parade? Yeah. A PragerU like license a plate parade? Alan, but yeah. For- <laughs> for Prager, you license Yeah, plate that'd be owners. a good idea. That would be an awesome parade. I know. I need one to get Prager you on my license plate. Yeah, get the Colorado one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't have a Colorado license. I don't live in Colorado anymore. I have a California license plate. Go back and defraud it. And then, I'm just kidding. We don't support that. <laughs> Create your own license plate, says Taylor, <laughs> with a piece of notebook paper and you a can. Sharpie. You can make fake ones. I mean, that, yeah, yes, criminals yeah, do just, create no, fake ones. Not, not, you still have your real one, but you can have like a. You know, people put like their favorite sports team on their on their license plate, just the logo in the front or whatever. Not every state requires that you have them on front and back. Oh, on the front and back. Yeah. But you can't put a fake one on with fake numbers. No, not like to, you know, unless you're like robbing a bank and want to get away yeah. with it or something. Right, right, yeah. which we don't recommend. I mean. Yeah. Hmm, just kidding. In California, as long as it's below $950. Yeah, me. yeah. Just keep going back and robbing $950 <laughs> from the bank. Over Could and you do that every day? Go to rob a bank for $950 and you would not be a felon? I don't know. That'd I don't be know. very interesting. Yeah. I don't know how quickly that responds. <laughs> anyway. The teller's just like, you again, huh? All right. <laughs> All right. $949. Here's your, here's your envelope. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you should do. All right. Anyways. Dear Will and Amla. Guys will know Mondays we do a segment called Dear Will and Amla where we take advice questions that you guys ask on Amla's Instagram. Today it was on PragerU's Instagram. You guys drop the questions and then we answer them. So... Taylor and I are going to be handling these questions and answering them. The first question, dear Will and Amla, do you think America was better off back when it was a religious country? Think one nation under God, or is it better off now in its more secular state? No prayer in schools, etc. Well, I mean, if you look back in U.S. history, America was never like a religious country in that sense. It's not like the government, the form of government changed to make it into a religious country versus now a secular country. But America was had a past that was more religious, if that's what you're referring to. And yes, of course, it's much better to have, in my opinion, a religious country than a secular country. I, I think that that's pretty obvious. You know, the secular country breeds many of the ills that we have. You can ask atheists this. Ask atheists and say, do you think that if everyone followed the Ten Commandments, the world would be a better place? You will be hard-pressed to find many atheists who say no, because the Ten Commandments, if you follow them, lead to a better life. That's just how it goes. You read them, and you say, do not murder, do not steal. This is where the West gets our values from, from the, from the Scripture. From Scripture is where the West gets our values from. If you want a real Western society, then you value religious principles that are found within the Bible. If you want a secular society, you want a society without God, where, where someone murdering someone is completely subjective because there is no greater truth, then you want a secular society. But no, I, I think that America needs to return to a, be a more you know, Christian religious nation. That is my thoughts. Yeah, I think there's a fine line between like, you know, obviously the, the, I think what, what a religious foundation gives you, what, what the Judeo-Christian values give you is a shared social fabric, is a shared, shared sense of, like you said, objective morality, objective truth, all of these things. Um, and without that, I think you're much worse off as a country. And as we're seeing today, like Trent claims to truth, people don't know, you know, like 
we, we are disputing whether me, uh, there's more than two sexes right now. You know, like we've got, we don't even know where the, tr- where to find the truth. And like, I think a lot of that is because we've, we've lost our framework and all the polarization we're seeing. We've lost our, our fabric uh, that, that held us together. And that's, that's deeper than, than just patriotism, you know, or just like ideas. We're seeing, I think that, that the, just the ideas and just the, I don't know, culture that is, that it's, if you divorce that from the deeper truths and the deeper values that we once had, uh, they're not enough to hold society together. And I think where you see us splitting apart and I think we're losing that because of uh, a loss of the, our value, our foundational values, which were Judeo-Christian. Right. I mean, the constitution doesn't keep America together. No. As much as you would like the Constitution to be that framework to say, we have this, this is going to keep America forever. I mean, look, you just had the Supreme Court decision where they still, even though despite the OSHA rules getting turned over with a, businesses with 100 more employees, you still had healthcare workers getting it the, so that they are mandated to take the vaccine across this country, right? It's like the Constitution won't save you. The legal, legal, legal system won't save you. What will save you is God. Faith in God will save you, okay? Because when you die, that is what matters. All right, how you lived your life, and and that you that you honored him and put your faith in him. That is what matters. All right, next question. Uh, Dear Will and Amla, should I stay in college if I have to get the booster, but I don't want to? Well, the way that this question sounds with with the booster would insinuate that you had already been vaccinated your first two doses, unless you're talking about Johnson and Johnson. But I doubt you're talking about Johnson and Johnson. You're probably doing Moderna or, or Pfizer. So that means you already got two jabs. So that's really a decision up to you. I can't make that decision for you. If you don't want to get it and you are adamant about not getting it, then you don't go to college. Then you don't continue to stay in college. Okay. But there are certain institutions across the country that are not mandating you to get the vaccine to continue to go to their institution. You can go to Florida. People can transfer to different states to be able to go to university without having to take the vaccine. It's all over the country. Okay. So if you really want to stay in school, there are options. But again, this is a moral choice on, on your part on for you to say, what do I value when it comes to truth? Do I value my own well-being and the things that I believe in? Or do I value going to college above getting jabbed? You know, that's, that's what it's all about. You have to make that decision. No one else can make that decision for you. You have to put the things that you value into perspective and say, I'm going to take this shot or I'm going to and go to college or I'm not going to and try and find another way. And You have to be willing to do and take the consequences yeah. for whichever choice you make. Yeah, stick true to your values and, uh, you know, be have integrity to, with yourself as a person. Don't lie with your actions. And uh, whatever that looks like for you, that's that's what you have to reckon with. But, yeah, don't don't lie with your actions um, just to avoid temporary pain. Right. Yeah. How much of yourself are you willing to sacrifice until you are no longer the person that you thought you were? How, how much are you going to lie to yourself? That's a choice that you have to make. All right. Next question. This one's from a troll. But it was this lady, I, I've, I've seen her before on my posts and PragerU posts, and she hates me. <laughs> she absolutely despises me. This lady says horrible things about me. And so she asked in the advice question, she said, how do you tell someone that Trump had awful character content? It's not a very good... It's an MLK Day special, right? Yeah, MLK Day special. Here's what I will say about this, okay? Again, PragerU, nonprofit. We don't talk too much about politicians and stuff like that. But what I will say is that people put too much faith in their political leaders Okay, and they they herald their political leaders as role models. These are public servants. Okay, you pay these people salaries with your tax dollars. 
This person is not supposed to be your role model in life. If you are taking your congressman and saying, this is my role model on how I'm supposed to live my life, you probably have a screwed up life because these people are screwing up their con- uh, our country. Okay? Uh, politicians are not role models. You can have politicians that have good values and do good things and you can be proud of them for it and you can be happy that they are representing you in a good way and you can be, you can be incredibly overjoyed that they are doing the right things. But politicians are not meant to be moral role models for you to live your, your life by. These are public servants, okay? And when it comes to someone like Trump or people who are a little bit more brazen about the things, I don't, I don't elect people based on their their principles when it comes to how they talk to people. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is they get they get the job done. If you have a doctor, okay, or let's say you have cancer, you have horrible cancer, and you have a doctor who swears and is annoying and and ugly, but he's the best surgeon in the world, or you have a doctor who's really nice to you and and really sweet to you and gives you an apple every time you come in, but he's not that good of a surgeon, which doctor do you choose? You choose the one who's the who's kind of a a, a, a bad guy. And maybe in his own personal life, he cheated on his wife, sure, but he's the best surgeon ever. You choose that guy to come and fix your ailment because you know that he's going to do the best job. But you're not looking to that doctor as a role model. You're just saying, I need something done, so I'm going to put this person in place to get this done regardless of their, their own moral shortcomings. Okay, that, That's what political leaders are supposed to be. But we've gotten to a place in America where we put so much credence on these people and as our moral saviors that that's why we're so lost in the first place. Because we put too much value on these people. Yeah. No. Great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if you're. No, it was, it was, it's a great point. Um, and I mean, in a perfect world, we would have, you know, politicians and people who are, you know, what it means to lead is that you're someone who's worth following, and the president and and our, you know, politicians are in a position of leadership. So in a in a perfect world, yeah, they would be, you know, paragons of virtue. But. Um, I'd say in a in the world in which we live, in a practical world, that's not the choice we're always given. And so then you have to, to make a choice of, you know, what is the moral decision given the cards that are on the table right now? What is the right decision? What is the what is going to produce the the result that that minimizes evil, maximizes good? And you know, I think that's a separate conversation from uh, whether the politicians are a paragon of virtue. Right. It's like King David. You know. Yeah. He messed up. Yeah, he messed up like in his own personal life and things, but he did great things for for Israel, right? And it's like you got to look at like at at each at each thing and say what is most important to me and and for me that's what they do is most important to me. That's their own life. They can do whatever. All right. It was like when all the stuff was coming about out about like all these different politicians and all these scandals and things. I don't care what side you're on. Like something about, you know, they did 30 years ago and things. It's like I don't really care. I don't really care if they're doing a good job. And they're representing me now. That's what matters to me. If they're not, then they're not, right? That those are the most important things. It doesn't matter all these other things that people want to nitpick and say about them and cancel culture this, cancel culture that. It's like that is useless stuff, okay? Because it depends on the actions of the moment that they are actually doing to help improve other people's lives. That is what is most important. All right, next question. Which, by the way, that's appropriate for MLK Day too, because like we said, we know that we know things about his personal life weren't weren't all peachy, right. and yet we can look at what he accomplished in history and what he what the bigger impact of his legacy is, and we can forgive him for I mean, not forgive him, but like you know, you can still celebrate the same thing with like Columbus Day. He achieved something great for Western civilization. We can celebrate that without saying that we endorse every part of his character, right? Or everything that everything else he ever did, right? It's like people watching the show. 
It's like, yeah, they watch they watch me on this show and maybe they disagree with some things and maybe they agree with some things and you don't have to like hate me for, or love me just because it's like one or the other, right? Like you can have parts of someone's character or things that someone does and agree with some of it and not agree with part of it and not have to be like, oh, I hate this person. Uh, we, but, you like Leonardo DiCaprio movies but disagree with his politics. Right, exactly. I love Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, exactly. No, I love his movie. Yeah. He's great. You know, I don't, obviously don't agree with all these weird things that he does in the bedroom and all sorts of weird <laughs> stuff he does, you know, Crazy but, it, but, but I did, love. Did you see his new movie on Netflix that just came out, by the way? I did not. It looked kind of like a propaganda. So yeah, it looks weird. Yeah. You saw it? Scott? I didn't see it, but uh, I've heard plenty about it. And that's pretty much in line with. All I know is No good that movies have been made since like 2003. I know. Return of the King was the last good. Yeah. <laughs> Return of the King. The first good movie to ever be made was Fellowship of the Ring. That's a three the last movie, one was Return of the King. <laughs> the only three good movies to ever be made, comparably. No, but the only reason that movie, why I might think like, oh, it's kind of good, is because every all these major left-wing newspapers all came out and said it's terrible. Oh, that's a like great Like The story. Guardian, The New York mm -hmm. Times, they all came out and said, you need to think about this god-awful movie and like change... So I'm like, I'm kind of interested to watch it because of what they said. But then I'm also hearing people saying like, oh, it's crap. So I don't know. But I love Leo. So yeah. maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Next question. What should you say to someone who thinks you're crazy for not being vaccinated? This is from Caleb B104. It's just one, one question that you got to ask people. If, if all of this works, why are we still in this? That is a question. And that'll open up a big conversation for you to talk about a lot of things. But that's all you have to ask. You don't have to, to put it on to anyone and say, start spewing facts about monoclonal antibodies or, you know, anything like that. Like, just ask, if all of this works, why are we still in this two years later? You can ask that. And because you you're unvaccinated. <laughs> well, that's, you know, you got to go a little bit deeper than that. But you can really ask that question and, and, and be able to dig in deep and, and show them that, hey, you're not crazy. It's just a difference of, of opinion. So, yeah, I think starting out with simple questions to be able to talk to people is is how you're going to be able to convince them of that. Australia would have zero cases right now if it weren't for that last 5%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that 5% out of the 95%. It's just, yeah. it's all their fault. Mm -hmm. It's that 5%'s fault. In Gibraltar, it's that 0%'s fault yeah. for infecting everybody else. It's, it's Novak Djokovic's fault mm -hmm. with Gibraltar. Uh, all right, last question. What books do you recommend everyone read? This is from Darth Numa. You have a recommendation? Um, yeah, I mean, I always... what a, a book that I recommend everyone read right now is still The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. I think it's one of the most I read it uh, important books it. Yeah, that, good. that's been written like in my lifetime as far as just understanding uh, the world that we live in today, moral psychology and all that. But right now I'm reading... Lord of the Rings or audiobooking it. Um, I'm like halfway through the Fellowship of the Ring again, and it's a really well acted, well done um, version of it. And they actually use the, the music from the movie and everything, so it's really cool. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah, it's oh, cool. And like sound effects and all kinds uh -huh. of stuff. Yeah, I sent you the link, I think. Yeah, but um, that, and then I'm reading a book called Wokeness and Christianity by Owen Strand, Striken or something, and and uh, just it's it's really good, just dissecting critical race theory. CRT, I mean, the same thing. Um, and just woke the, the advent of wokeism. And like, there's a lot of Christians and conservative Christians who are becoming friendly with wokeism in the church. And so he's really parsing it out and, and demonstrating exactly what, how wokeism and basically just modern dominant philosophy is uh, 
inconsistent with a biblical and worldview. So that's what I'm reading. What about you, Scott? You know um, a lot of books. Yeah, I would say uh, my top one would be the Bro- Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. Fantastic, In, so good. Yeah, that's an incredible, incredible story. Um, the way he's able to externalize internal thought, Dostoevsky, it blows my mind every single time I read it. Uh, Notes from the Underground is really good as well. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, outside of that, Lord of the Rings series is <laughs> is a go-to for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and you're going to hate this one, but Harry Potter, as, no. a, as a young kid, you know, it'll just expand the imagination a little bit. You're a child. Sometimes. Support J.K. Rowling, Will. <laughs> I will. I will. Did you see what Ron Weasley, or what the actor, what he said about her? Yeah, he said she's like his crazy aunt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, but the Brothers Karamazov is a fantastic read. Yeah. yeah. It's it's essentially the story of if, like, Jesus came back today and what would, not today, but, you know, back in the 1800s and, like, what would what would happen if, if well, that happened? Well, yeah, that was that was more like the Inquisition, like the yeah. chapter of the Inquisition right. in, in that story. That that is that chapter alone could yeah. be its own novel and standalone. It, that right. is groundbreaking stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's an incredible novel, and it's an absolute bear to get through it. But I think it's worth it, even if it takes you your entire life to finish. Like, do it. Yeah, yeah. I I wanted to do on the show sometime like a like kind of I'm doing these opening monologues. I want to do one on Dostoevsky, like. In total. Should do a throwback like, Thursday on him. Cool. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Like talk about the novels and, and why they're important. You know. He's like, a crime and punishment too, right? A crime and punishment. Yeah. Yep. The idiot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? <laughs> he just said the idiot out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crime punishment, idiot. No, the idiot, the book. Yeah. Someone said how to win friends. Claire says how to win friends and influence enemies is a great book. That's the best book of all time. You know? It goes, How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies, the Bible, and then all other books. Brothers so. Kamarazov. Someone else said we were mispronouncing Kamarazov. That's how you say it. Oh. Maybe they're I Russian. Don't I don't speak Russian. So. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, I speak a little bit of Russian. Okay, my books to recommend. A book that I just read that I said I finished last night was The Great Reset by Glenn Beck. It's an easy read. It's very good. Um, it's really not too dense as some books of that nature would be. You can get through it pretty fast, and it's a lot of really good information. If You guys know Glenn Beck. I mean, I don't have to sell you on Glenn Beck. He's been doing this for years. He's done countless books, his show, all these kind of things. And this is what he said in the book is like his most important idea, his most important book. And so I, I recommend that you you check this one out and read it. Righteous Indignation by Andrew Breitbart. Fantastic book. Really, really good. Um, I just read this book that I finished on Saturday night. I finished Glenn, books, Glenn Beck's book in one day. Because uh, that's what I'm saying. It's not a very hard hard read. There's no audio book, unfortunately. I had to actually read it, which was annoying. Um, but I just finished this audio, the audio book about the Federal Reserve that just came out talking about uh, Hegel and, and all these all these people. I can't remember the title, though. I'll have to look it up and share with you guys. It wasn't very good, to be honest. It was, <laughs> but definitely but, look up the title. Yeah, so you can yeah. Well, the first chapter <laughs> Stay was away like from this book. Yeah. The Here. first chapter or Honig, that's what I'm saying. But the the first chapter was really good, and then after that, it started to get a little bit dry and and also not really. I didn't really agree with it actually. That must have been very but difficult for you. It was difficult. I'm glad you made it. Through. Yeah, but I, I I like reading books that are that are you know. Yeah, I don't just read books that I agree with. Yeah, no, you know, helpful. you got to read books that are like, especially when it comes to economic policy and like what the Federal Reserve has done. I mean, reading books about like here's the opposite side of saying like the f- things that the Federal Reserve did. Das like, Kapital. Yeah, exactly. Mein Kampf and all this kind of stuff. Like read the all the you know, 
uh, the people you disagree with. Yeah, you read the people you disagree with. Yes, exactly. Disagree. With. Disagree. Strongly disagree. Okay. Yeah. I think a, a, another one I wanted to add is like, especially if you're interested in history or anything like that, um, the Red Famine by Anne Applebaum incredible novel gives you a deep dive into the ukrainian famine back in like the early 30s and how that came about why it came about um and i just think it's like a great historical dive uh for people who just don't know a whole lot about russian um history and totalitarianism and soviets stalin and, basically made that famine happen and it killed 100 what how many yeah, million the, people million tens of millions tens of millions and the new york times defended it the New York Times yeah. defended that this was happening. They did. They downplayed it. They said, "Oh, this isn't really happening." At the time, yeah, yeah, exactly. The more, yeah, yeah. Ugh. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I, yeah, this. I haven't read that book, but yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Is there an audiobook? Mount, Mount? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do two speed. You do two speed on the audiobooks. You can read like so many books so quickly. You know, if you just do two speed on books and then you write down some notes, like pause it and write down notes. It's like it's great. Depends on how it's written. Yeah, like I mean, I was, her book is like impossible to do. I was doing, uh, I restarted Modern Times by Paul Johnson, which if you don't play it on two speed, it's a 37 hour long audio book. Cool. It's insane. You know, it's just so long and yeah. it's just going through it even on double speed. is just, oh man, <laughs> it's tough. It's a very interesting book. I would recommend that one to anyone who wants to know American history and this country. It is dense, but it is fantastic. Um, but it is, it's long. It's very long. And it's then like, uh, I got Maps of Meaning on audiobook and mm -hmm. trying to play that fast was like, oh, brutal. yeah, yeah. Jordan Peterson's book. It's like mm -hmm. 30 something hours, too. It's, it's insane, insane, man. It's so long. It takes yeah. so long to go through it. But the uh, last one I'll give is RFK Jr.'s book, um, The Real Anthony Fauci. Fantastic book. I, I read that one. I'll just watch the too. documentary. <laughs> I'll just watch the National <laughs> Geographic documentary. I'm sure that'll have everything in it, right? <laughs> Exactly. They're exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. But I would recommend that book to people. It's full of, that's another dense book because it's a lot of like, here's a stat, here's a fact, here's this, but it's so well sourced. Every single chapter is just like a, a thousand sources in every chapter. It's, it's so well documented because he knew they're going to rip me apart for this book because it's so many claims of all these different things. So I highly recommend that book. If you haven't picked it up yet, pick it up. I think the only place to get it now is on Amazon because Barnes and Noble won't carry it. Surprised Amazon so, will carry it. Yeah, I'm surprised Amazon will carry it too. But, you know, Amazon has taken down some books, but they've been fairly good because they know that they make a lot of money off books. So, um, yeah. Anyway, there's Will and Amla Live. Guys, if you like the show, make sure you go on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Like our uh, our show on there so you can also listen to it. So you miss an episode, you can go on there. You don't have to just watch the show on YouTube or Facebook. Play it on two times speed. Play it on two times speed. You can watch twice the episodes in the in one amount of time. You watch yesterday. You watch Friday and today in the amount of time it takes you we to watch a, one. We episode. had great shows last week with Kirk Cameron, Dave Ramsey, and Natalie Winters. Yeah, it so was a really good. If you week missed last any week. of those? Go back and check them out. Yeah, and this this week's off to a good start. This is a great. Show. <laughs> this is the best one yet. <laughs> this is the best show I think we've ever done, boys. I'm happy. We got to get it. more good shows in before Amala gets back. Yeah, I know. I know. Drags us all down. Yeah, tomorrow we're going to be lifting weights. <laughs> yeah. and eating steak. It's going <laughs> to be a great boys show. Yeah. Yeah. Golf. Golf, beer. Mm -hmm, beer, boobs. It's going to be a man's show. <laughs> man okay? show. Yeah, man show. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching. We appreciate it, and we're going to see you tomorrow. Peace.